Welcome to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, helping you navigate the chaos in your life. Your host is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Dr. Colleen has been in the field of psychology for almost two decades. She is a private practice owner, a renowned theorist in chaos theory and psychology, a magazine columnist, and her work or writing has been featured on countless websites, including Fortune, Psych Central, The New York Post, Consciously Speaking, Success, and many more. Listen in as she brings you experts in the psychology of life. They may be best-selling authors, key players in their professions, or people who have overcome tremendous obstacles in life and are here to share their story to help you live your best life. Let's get to it. Stay tuned for our next Chaos Crushing guest. Here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Dr. Colleen Mullen. I have so missed you. It's been such a long time since I put out an episode. I had to do a little navigating of chaos in my own life and focus on my private practice for a little while as I rounded up some new production help here on the show. So I'm so glad for those of you who have listened in the past and have come back and are sticking with me uh, because you maybe you saw that I posted a new episode and you came to check it out. Thank you so much. And for those that are just finding the show, I want to say welcome to you. And on that note, there are at least 50 other episodes that you can go back and find all sorts of relevant topics on relationships, on finances and couples, on addiction, on codependency, and then some really great personal stories of overcoming hardship and succeeding. Up on today's agenda, I'm speaking with independent movie director and special effects expert Mark Newton. Now, you may ask how he fits into navigating the chaos in your life. Well, his story is one of following his passions to live out his dream of being a movie maker. And whether you've had that dream or not, as most of us can, you can probably relate to being a kid who had some sort of dream. Mark made his happen, and he's talking with us about his earliest memories of being fascinated by movie making, his path to getting into the field, and how he navigates the chaos when things don't go as planned in the process, and how he keeps going and keeps his team going when obstacles get in the way of their work in production. In addition to creating his own movies, Mark has spent years in other production companies as a writer, animator, and special effects supervisor. Mark uses his visual effects background to visualize complex effects shot in the movies and having the eye to see how the shot will look after the effects are added and oversee all the effects shots in the movie are the things that stand out in his movies and make him valuable to these other production companies. In 2009, Mark directed and produced and wrote his first movie, The Dreadnoughts. In the years that followed, he produced or co-produced City of Darkness, A Happy Apocalypse, Hit Team, and the award-winning comedy The Revenge. His latest movie is a campy horror movie, Attack of the Southern Fried Zombies. I was lucky enough to join him in his cast, which includes Walking Dead actor Moses Mosley, at the Hollywood Theater premiere on March 23rd. But you all can go straight to Amazon Prime and go watch it right now. 
Well, after you finish listening to the episode, of course. And this was such a fun interview. We actually did it live on Facebook the day of the Hollywood premiere. So you will hear us talk about that a little bit in real time as we got caught up in the moment. And for fans of my other podcast, Shrink to Shrink on Film, you can be sure that Courtney and I will be psychobabbling all about the themes that we pull out of this movie as we enjoy doing every month on the Shrink to Shrink podcast. And we're going to do that probably in the upcoming April episode. But for right now, I want us to get into the interview with Mark. I am excited to share his story of how he dreamed of being a movie maker and is living out that dream. Let's go. Thanks, Mark, for being with me on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. Definitely. Good to be here. Yeah. So, you know, in making movies, I think a lot of people, you know, even when they're, you know, when we're little, people have dreams of like what it'd be like to like be like either in the movies or make movies. So for you, like that's your whole life right now. You make movies, you do a lot of special effects. Uh Can you um, talk about one, like, do you have like a pivotal memory that sparked your interest in getting into the movie business that you thought that's what I'm going to do when I grow up? Yeah, I, I really started young, um, for sure, and I think I was maybe 15 years old, and the first movie I shot, if, if I was even 15, I might have been 12, was in Flagstaff with my cousins, and it still exists, and it's a Super 8 uh, film, and I was running around with the camera, and it was a Dukes of Hazard uh, <laughs> parody that we did because we loved the movie or the TV show Dukes of Hazard. Right. <laughs> and uh, they still have it, and I'm trying to get it from uh, my cousins. So hey, guys, like, do you have it? Give it to me. I think uh, Jarrett has it. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's uh, you know it's really funny, and uh, mm-hmm. they were like driving in a car, and then we had model cars, and yeah, that was. The did very you push first them one. along and stop the scene we and did, push them some no, more? No, we actually <laughs> pushed them into so no hands were ever seen. Yeah. So we pushed them around. And, oh, that's uh, fun. Then jumped them and crashed them and everything, but it had a beginning and end and a middle part, and I think it was maybe ten or fifteen minutes long, and we were you know working with film, and that was really early on, and I was like, yeah, I really like doing this. And then from then on, I just uh, got a, a video camera, which nowadays, you know, uh, everybody can film. You have yeah. an iPhone, you can do like oh, yeah. 4K video. But right. back then, it was like, you either did film or you had like a little video camera. Yeah. So I got a video camera and I did, I, I used to edit with two VHS a cassette uh Right, I was going to say you had the actual cartridge that you had to put in the video video camera. And I would do two VCRs, and I would hit, I had two remote controls, and I would hit uh, pause on one and record on the other. (laughs) Is that two-track recording? Well, that's how I edited the food. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's how I edited the footage together. Yes. So you had good instincts back then. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I did three or four short movies uh, back then, and then I... uh, I met uh, a guy from England, uh, Tim Colthip, and he actually uh, helped me to kind of really get into it where he, I acted in a bunch of his movies. And I, from that time on, I think I was 17 mm-hmm. uh, because he used to buy alcohol for me, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I was 17, or no, I was maybe 17 or 18. And uh, yeah, those, I still have those movies, and they're a lot of fun to watch. And uh, 
we kind of just came up with them on the fly. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized when I was 17 years old that that's what I wanted to do. Uh huh. And um, and you now have like you actually got educated in it and everything yeah. else. So for people watching, like you yeah. know, what's the process if somebody wants to be a movie maker? Like, I, I get that there are people that just kind of strike out there on their own and have you know and don't go the the route of the education. But but you got you said a degree in some kind of special effects. Yeah, I went to the Art Institute, and you know they um, they have a really well-rounded education there so i learned editing visual effects uh, website design which i don't use very much but i use the other ones and i uh, learned directing and film like operating a camera so that was uh it basically when i left there with a bachelor's degree i had a really well-rounded um education of like filmmaking and, you know, I made films, obviously, for the school, for my thesis projects, and they turned out real good. And uh, that was in Arizona, though, because I'm from Arizona. Mm -hmm. So I had to move uh, to L.A., though. That's one thing that I did that changed my career. I was like, I can't do anything here in Arizona, even though I did make a few movies out there. I was like, I got to go where, you know, I can do this. And that was 10 years ago I moved to L.A. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, I know, like, in, in many careers, we have, like, the jobs where we say, well, we had to go pay our dues somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, every field has it. So yeah. what, did, what kind of jobs did you work on in the movie industry that you feel like, you know, you kind of, you know, honed your skills and paid your dues and kind of did the stuff that maybe you wouldn't have chosen to do right now, but you did back then because you knew it was going to get you ahead? Uh, originally, I... Uh, started working at a place called Hyper Image, which was uh, right by Universal Studios uh, backlot. Mm -hmm. And we did several movies. They were working on an in-house movie and then a bunch of other movies there. So I learned many parts of uh, movie making. We did the, probably the biggest thing that everybody knows is we did the Simpsons ride in Universal. Oh, yeah. The backlot. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that one's in the one in um, Florida, too. So it's everywhere. Universal Studios a theme park, The Simpsons Ride. Um, so that was fun. We got to go, you know, to the premiere of that and ride it before anybody else did. Um, but what I was doing then was actually working at Universal Studios as a valet. Oh. So I worked from uh, 8 a.m. to uh, to 6 at at the Hyper Image, and then I went. I took a half an hour to get to. Right to Universal Studios uh -huh. and started parking cars until about two in the morning. Oh my goodness! And then I did that over and over again. Okay, so that's what I meant, yeah. right? What yeah. did you do? Because I remember back in going back to school and everything, like working twenty-four hour days, pretty much with a, like two hours to sleep. So you're you did that yeah. as well but, in your business. But the thing is, there uh, everybody that worked at Valet, they were all actors. They were all trying <laughs> to act, and I was like the only one that was, you know, trying to be a director. So my first movie, The Dreadnoughts, uh, was all valet people that I got together. <laughs> That's and funny. we did a, uh, a gargoyle a horror sci-fi movie with tons of visual effects. <laughs> because I was very ambitious, and I'm like, I'm going to do all these visual effects. And uh, it was pretty crazy, to say the least. Uh, that one took me almost four years to complete all the oh visual effects. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. so all that time, you're still working at, at still at, at Universal Studios or uh, I actually, doing some other stuff? Yeah, I went to bigger studios, um, a bunch of different studios, uh, 
and you know did visual effects and yeah filming and you know I'm always been kind of cutting edge with like cameras and stuff like that too so I was always you know on top of what movie camera to use mm-hmm. whether you know film was always kind of a hard one so <clears throat> I've always been kind of pushed towards uh digital media but I have uh-huh. used some film, yeah. So. Yeah. So, and in doing that, like, to have a movie take four years to make, I mean, you're mm-hmm. really, like, following your passion. Yeah. Like, that's really what you wanted to be doing is making your own movies. Yeah, yeah. And it was really the visual effects on that one that slowed it down so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. It was so the visual effects. Created more of a monster than you, yeah. than you knew you were yeah. going to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back then, uh, you know, visual effects were a lot harder, too, than they are now to do. So, they're, you oh. can get pretty photo real stuff now uh but back then you know it was like it was pretty tough to get above that video game level you know Uh (laughs) right now we're here because you have a current movie that's out and Mm -hmm. people can they can rent it on amazon and all the online areas Uh and it is out at least in a couple of movie theaters and yeah uh, and in limited release around right yeah and so that is attack of the southern fried zombies yeah and the premiere is actually tonight at the Cine Lounge in Hollywood, and it's playing there all week, so at 9.30 at night, and uh, it's a fun one. That's a great uh, venue, too. I just had to plug that real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's right, for the ones watching on live yeah. on Facebook. So um, that's right. forgot we have some real-time stuff going on <laughs> that we're not going to need for, for the podcast. And um, so, right, so with that... You know, I, this is a movie that I'm going to assume was made on a small budget, but yet you have big effects in it, and it was filmed on location. Can you talk about, like, we were going to talk about, like, the chaos of movie making. So where would you even start? With, like, how do you even put together the idea for a movie and say, I'm, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to start making it, and how do you decide on Mississippi, and how do you get the people in it? Well, uh it started off with a producer, Daniel Wood. Uh, he approached me and said, hey, I was out in Mississippi filming Texas Heart, uh, which is another movie uh, you can watch. It's a really great movie, too, that he did out there. Uh, even though it says Texas, they filmed it in Mississippi. Um, and he's like, there's this Vine Kudzu, and uh, I want to try to make a zombie movie out of it. And he had the basis of the movie. And I wrote the first script, um, and then... Uh, Christian, you know, who's the writer, took it over. My my first script was uh, a kind of a um, uh, more straightforward zombie movie, like uh-huh. World War Z or something oh, like okay. that, or Walking uh-huh. Dead. Yeah. And uh, so Christian took that and made it into um, a comedy, which is kind of a comedy now. Yes. And uh, yeah, so that's and Mississippi, you know, it has the kudzu, but it was also. Um, it has a tax incentive, so that's one of the reasons we went out there. Oh, and I wondered about like things like there's a, a music festival going on or some mm-hmm. kind of amusement thing, and I wondered yeah. if that was actually going on there or if that was created for the movie. Oh, it was totally created for the movie, <laughs> yeah. I thought, I we, wondered if, yeah. if you all just like said, well, this is going on, let's film there. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> we would have done that if there was one already set up. It would have saved us a ton of time. <laughs> I bet. But we had to populate that whole, uh, you know, that's all the thought. extras. Yeah. There were so many people in this. And build the whole thing and it was more of a challenge you know and really that set wasn't done when I was supposed to start filming there oh that was uh like one of the big challenges you know uh I you know we were okay let's film today we had a whole bunch of stuff to film and nothing set up and it was because of the rain mostly 
Uh, right, it's very it, wet over there, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, these freak storms come through Mississippi, and it's, yeah. uh, you know, it stopped the, the builders, the, uh, the uh, set designers, from actually building because no one can work in the rain, you know? Uh-huh. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, so that was like, so some of the unforeseen delays can really, yeah. and I assume that they cost you in making the movie, right? Because you have budgets and it you're paying does. people to be down there and stuff. Yeah, and if you say, what's the chaos of this movie? That probably was my biggest chaos because I'm a very efficient filmmaker and it comes from all the indie stuff. And uh, uh, in the beginning, we were uh, a day ahead of schedule and everyone was happy and uh-huh. we were kind of, you know, taking more time to set up lights and stuff like that. And then these storms hit. Oh. And next thing I know, then I'm kind of struggling to stay on schedule. And then I was, there was one point where I was two days behind, two oh. full days uh-huh. uh, behind. And those are 12 hour days. Um, wow. So it was pretty crazy to catch up from that. And then you have actors that from all over New York, mm-hmm. um, Los Angeles, uh, Atlanta, um, you know, they're all yeah. flying out on a certain day and they have their oh. ticket that they have yes. to leave. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? You know, like right. really they, trying to scramble. Right. And they hard. all have their own schedules to attend yeah. to and stuff. Because I know you mm-hmm. had um, Moses Mosley, I recognized from yeah. The Walking Dead is one uh-huh. of the main characters in the movie. Yeah. So you had people that, yeah, had all sorts of other obligations, I'm sure. Right. Yes. Everyone had to leave and we couldn't uh, delay that. So really, that was that was the pressure was on me pretty hard mm-hmm. for, <laughs> so, for And how do you resolve that? I mean, what, how did you, how did you make up two days? Uh, what did I did was, <laughs> did I what? Did you beg them to stay? No, no, we, they couldn't. So, yeah. I mean, it was like, I know in the beginning, you know, winter grace had a, uh, um, a plane delay and I had to, you know, replace her with another character Uh-oh. and then kind of like, but that's the only time that happened. And, you know, then I was like, okay. And then when she did come, I filmed her, like, having to sit down, and she was exhausted, so she's not there when everyone else is. (laughs) Um, But to catch up, what I did was basically did really long takes. Uh, So if there's a whole page of dialogue and um, action Mm -hmm. that could really take, uh, you know, several hours to do, if not a whole day, Uh I would do one page and one action and have the guys film it all in one one long take and uh that caught me up that's what caught wow. me up wow and then they of, then they make it up you make it up in post production stuff uh or? yeah you can make it up in post and usually it takes the actors one or two tries to get it right everybody knows they're blocking mm-hmm. thank god i had a game actors for this they all were like boom i didn't have to do much to keep everyone you know knowing where they're going what they're doing and we would go through, and I had to calculate the camera moves. You know, Jonathan uh, Hammond was my DP, and he really helped. And Wade, you know, those guys were on the ball. I pushed them really hard, mm-hmm. too. I did. <laughs> um, but they would get these long camera moves, and then finally we got it, and boom, we'd move it to the next one. And that was uh, – that's how I caught up, two full days. Um, and I, I wrapped on time every day. We never went over once. Oh, okay, so yeah. so fell behind because of the storms, but once you guys were able to work, it was on schedule. Yeah, it was on wow. schedule, and that yeah. was that's a SAG thing that you have to wrap oh. a, you know, after a certain time. Oh, so otherwise you're paying people right. more. So yeah. the UPM and the first AD would always come to me and say, like, oh, you only got 15 more minutes. And I'm like, oh, so I'd be just cramming. We had, you know, 
footage, you know, end right as I said cut, and like a card would be full and stop, and uh-huh. all kinds of crazy stuff. But it worked out. It was like a the perfect storm in a way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And this movie also went through some changes along the way. It had a yeah. totally had a different name regarding the uh-huh. the kudzu vine. It did. So can you talk about that and how you came to change the name? And and there's even a comic book. Yeah. And here's the open one. So. Yeah. So there's a comic book. Here's. So Christian wrote this, also the writer of the movie. Um, you can see it here. Yeah. And it has great artwork, too. Um, we have really good artwork in it. And this is the first issue, and you can get this online. Or if you come to the movie, we're giving them away for free. Cool. Uh, to anybody that shows up to the movie. And this is actually a prequel to the actual uh, movie. The reason it was changed is mostly because of the distributors. Uh, we have uh, Cardinal... XM, which is international, and really just nobody knows what kudzu is internationally, and they don't care, and they don't want to know, no. <laughs> so it's like we needed something that would, you know, really attract them as, you know, an American yeah. type thing, and the Southern Fried was where it was. So. I was going to say, maybe just the Southern Fried people know, because I yeah. looked it up myself, I'm a New Yorker, and I looked, I'm like, is that a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> the vine? Is it a it real is. thing? It is, and if you watch, well, you saw it in the movie, yes. so it's everywhere in the movie, it looks like a jungle from some tropical other mm-hmm. place like Korea or somewhere, you know, it's really yeah. pretty pretty crazy to be in uh, out there. And it takes that tropical type of atmosphere to really make it grow. So. Yeah, yeah, and they definitely have that down there. I know mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up my friend in Mississippi and ask her about it. So yeah. in this movie, you know, your other passion in addition to the movie making is actually the special effects part of, of right. movie making. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my favorite special effect in the movie was when there's a scene when uh, <laughs> people got wiped out uh-huh. and the victims are laying in the street and, they, and you're, you show them flaming like they're on fire. Right. And I thought, well, that's a pretty cool trick. Yeah. How did that, how did, you know, is that, is that all digital, that that's overlaid or something? But that yeah. was a cool effect. Yeah, it was digital, and that was supposed to be the aftermath of the uh, propane explosion that, you know, gets them out of the, uh, they're trapped in their, their, their stand, their meat pie stand. Uh, so that was the aftermath, and, um, you know, we have kids burning and everything yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty cool but, effect. Yeah, and <laughs> it just, uh, we actually tried to get fires going on set, but it, it just uh, it just wouldn't work out. It's just too dangerous. I would say and, that's uh, a high-risk yeah, uh, thing yeah. for a movie to do. Right. Yeah, and so for you, what was, like, your favorite part of making the movie? Like, do you have a favorite special effect? Yeah, well, my favorite special effect is the big explosion in the end. That was that my one, second yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's just so cool the way it sweeps through the whole lab and then <clears throat> no one knew that quadoxin, you know, was highly flammable. That's the the chemical that causes everything to happen, so Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a cool scene, too. Right. <laughs> so, and, and probably fun to, like, kind of, you know, I have to imagine that, you know, that the whole process of this is a lot of fun and yeah. getting to go, like, hey, why don't we blow this up or make the people yeah. be on fire, you know? Yeah. And so it must be a lot of fun to play oh. the ideas off of, you it, know, your your team that you're working with. It definitely is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, even though it's hard work, um, you know, when you're, you're backed up against schedules and stuff like that. It's pretty amazing. Um, you know, it's, I don't even consider it work. I mean, it's like what I want to do. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Fantastic. And this movie especially was a lot of fun. All the actors, everybody really had a lot of fun making it. Cool. And I know you also won at least, uh, at least one award I know of for this movie. Uh, goriest film from the fantastic, uh, 
Horror Film Festival. Yeah. Right, down in my neighborhood in yeah. San Diego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it uh, definitely was gory. So I, I knew that going into it, and I'm not much of a horror movie watcher. I was yeah. like, oh, no, what am I going to get into? But I managed watching. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah it's, it's not too over the top where you're like, it's still based in some comedy there, too. Yeah, some right. It was stuff. fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and with all the fun, though, there are definitely times where, you know, you talked about like the obstacles with time and things like that. But just in general, you know, like the show is about helping people like navigate the chaos in their life. And a lot of people have dreams and stuff and they face a lot of rejection. They face big obstacles that they think, how am I going to do this? Or how am I going to, like in the movie business, I guess it's like, how do I get this actor or that person to come on board? Mm-hmm. How do you stay motivated when you're having like a day where you're just like, why am I even doing this? Good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely in this business, there's a lot of days where you're like, <clears throat> kind of, you know, uh, especially I know f- I have a lot of actor friends and it's, there's probably no tougher uh, job when it comes to competition as it is, is you know acting in LA yeah uh, directors there's not that many of them actually um, there's a lot of people that want to be a director and they usually get the chance to try to direct something and then they'll say well this isn't for me or it is and they'll pursue it and then it's you know do you want to work in TV do you want to stick to film now you know there's things like Netflix that are you know there's so many so much content now yeah and there's places for indie films everywhere on this you know broad content i mean amazon anybody can upload a short or anything there so it's pretty cool uh in that ret- retrospect uh to get into it and but it's it's a learning uh it's definitely just a learning uh you know process i guess and you just got to really push hard and keep learning and mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever a level that you'll get to where you stop learning. Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. good. And that says that you really love it, right? Mm-hmm. That you want to keep learning about yeah. it. Yeah, fantastic. You know, and then the other part is the movie's a small budget. Um, so how do you convince people to come on board and kind of just take a chance on making a decent movie? And um, do you have someone who's creative and finding the budget places to film? Or mm-hmm. how is everybody? Yeah, so the tax incentive in Mississippi helps a lot, but just we went location scouting and found, you know, pretty much a lot of the locations uh, were all in the same area in Charleston there. Oh, yeah. So it was on some guy's uh, land, um, and that's everyone was really helpful in Mississippi with, uh, you know, letting us film on their land or the police blocked off all the streets while we ran through and killed zombies everywhere, you know, <laughs> multiple <funny>. times. They, <laughs> they blocked the streets off for us. And here in L.A., that would just be harder. But, I mean, everyone got paid, too, so it's, mm-hmm. no one had to work for free on this movie. It was, uh, you know, so that's... And, and really, actors, um, you know, they see an opportunity and they take it because it's, there's so much competition, like I said, mm-hmm. even, in, uh, even though we got people from New York, Atlanta... Uh, LA you know Mm -hmm. there's still a competition I think you know even New York because so many there aren't that many movies that are actually made there and we just had a great uh, casting director uh, Laura Laura Warner so she really helped us out great yeah Yeah. so it's kind of getting the team together that's going to be able to make something happen when it might not be a big Hollywood budget movie yeah yeah to try it with me too I always try to do something where um, you know you're trying to make it look as big as possible 
and whether that's through visual effects or camera angles or whatever you can do, you know, and you just, you know, try to make it look bigger than it was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you accomplished that. Oh, good. There's a lot of that going on in that good, movie. Good. I think so, too. <laughs> I think people would be surprised what the real budget was. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to do well, uh, you know. Yeah. I think it's going to make way more than than it costs to make. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually seeing it in the movie theater tonight. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it'll be fun it's, to see it on the big screen. Yeah, and it sounds so good with the 5-1 sound and everything. Uh-huh, cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, being in special effects and in the movie business, you know, what's kind of, you know, the and I'm sure it's a common question, but what's the craziest experience you've had? Has something gone totally wrong on a set somewhere where, you know, you just thought, oh my gosh, like, is the place going to be destroyed or something? You know, like, what's the craziest story you have from working in the business? Probably, um, you know, a lot of people filming a movie, filmmakers filming a movie without a visual effects supervisor on set. <laughs> and uh, it's like literally a green screen with everyone wearing green and green plants in the green screen and, you know, camouflage all these green colors and they put tracker markers everywhere. You know? So those are the things that show where everybody's moving. Well, or... it's, if you have handheld movement with the camera, then it, it gives the camera data or the computer data from the camera so you can oh, follow what's going to on. To it together. But the thing is, that needs to be still. And I've actually worked where they had green plants, green clothes, and they had a fan blowing on the green screen. So it's blown around, and those tracking <laughs> markers are moving everywhere. <laughs> and it was just like... You know, you hit the the color key and like they're close. It's just like, uh, have you ever seen a weather caster when yeah. their clothes just disappear? Yeah, I was gonna say they just kind of disappear. Just like a, a head there, <laughs> and the trees are gone, all the plants. Yeah, so that was that's probably over and over again. That's the worst thing is people not knowing how green screen works. I was yeah. going to say like, and, and, and that's certainly something that's foreign to me. So I assume that that's you know you everything is put on screen after in a movie that has lots of effects. Right. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. So it's important to have them in things that aren't going to disappear. Right. Because otherwise then the background like will take them out too. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. The computer basically, you know, takes a color and just eliminates that color. And normally, normally no one's wearing like green, like that pastel green color. <laughs> Except on that movie but, set. Yeah. Yes. Not, I, I almost <laughs> think it was like a... Uh, a prank from the uh, the costume designer <laughs> or something, you know, because like, yeah. and camouflage is even worse because you have that green, you know, just pieces of them all gone. Then, yeah. You know? Oh, that's funny. It's a little polka dotted person. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, but nothing, nothing about to blow up or anything. Nothing um, dangerous. Oh, let me think. <laughs> uh, not really. I mean. I've definitely had people want to bring real guns on set before, oh, and that's uh -huh. just like, I just say, no, no, you can't do that. You cannot bring a real gun on a movie set because that's how people get killed. I was going to say, like, <laughs> even if you know, like, if you know something about that, like that, the topic of gun violence in movies comes up a lot. Like, so, so what, so you're not allowed, so the mo the guns that we see in movies are not real guns. Like they can't use real right. bullets. <clears throat> so there's two kinds of guns. The, what we used was uh, airsoft. They're mm -hmm. like replicas. Yeah. Uh, they have the same weight and movement and everything. Uh, then they have real firing guns that won't fire a real bullet, but they fire the muzzle flash. 
okay. and smoke, and those are a little more expensive to get. Mm-hmm. And then you have a real gun, which you know isn't modified at all, and will shoot a real bullet. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times people want to use a real gun. They're like, oh, it's unloaded. We, we made sure it's unloaded, but it doesn't matter. You cannot have a real gun yeah. because, you know, then, oops, oh, maybe it wasn't unloaded. And that's someone right. gets killed. You know? That's so, right. Yeah. So that can be yeah. tricky. Okay. And that's good to know because there's so much controversy about it. But the guns that are on the movies are not real. And Right. So, so in order to have those prop yeah. guns, you have to get a gun wrangler person that's, like, certified to make yeah. sure, you know, that everyone – has uh-huh. a little bit of training and stuff like that. Yeah, great. Um, so I'm going to have, I got two more questions for you. And one of them is about, um, oh, now a couple more questions, actually. So one of them is about like um, your passion with um, the special effects. Mm-hmm. So what, what drives you to like stay motivated with that? Like, what do you love about working in special effects? Is it the digital stuff? Is it the, the gory, the move, the, um, you know, the makeup and the masks and stuff? What do you love about it? Well, I mean, I learned on that first movie, which I talked about, the dreadnoughts, not to try to depend on it 100%. Uh, you know, you don't want to um, do all visual effects unless you have that $250 million budget, you know, mm-hmm. um, like they're doing now with like Avengers movies where it's almost all green screen, body replacements. But I try to always film as much practically, and then mm-hmm. what you just can't do, you can fix and post. And um, yeah, and then there's new cutting edge uh, technologies that I'm using, like photogametry, mm. where uh, it's in the movie where the big explosion happens, the truck that, that uh, blows up and raises into the air. It, it looks like it's the real truck because we did photogametry of it, which is a bunch of photographs. Uh-huh. And then you bring it into the computer. And you can have the exact 3D model of that truck. And it's the lighting all matches that day. Uh-huh. And you can basically cut one frame to where it's there and it blows up. So you can blow up cars and it looks very realistic. Wow. Um, yeah. You can do uh, a stunt body double. So if you don't have, if there's a stunt that would just cost an insane amount of money to do, like someone hanging out of a helicopter mm-hmm. over a big fire, you know, or something, a forest fire, you can do photogrammetry of a person and uh. recreate them exactly the way they look uh-huh. and then put them inside the helicopter and it looks real, a CGI helicopter, and it'll look pretty real. Wow. So now, and I was also going to ask you about um, uh, a uh, technique that I heard you were part of developing. Is that, yeah. is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Uh, photogrammetry is mm-hmm. the big one, and that's also used in VR, you know, virtual reality yes. stuff. It's the same type of deal. And, uh, I mean, you can get such a realistic looking um Mm -hmm. uh like it would take someone days and days and days to model someone that would look that well Uh you know as much like you or i look right now right and it it matches the lighting and everything so that's probably uh my favorite one to use and i did use it a lot when you see in the zombie movie when you see um someone's head explode or something like that we actually film their head, and then it goes to a CGI head right as it uh-huh. explodes. That was another cool effect, and I thought, oh, yeah. my gosh, heads are exploding. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> heads explode, yeah. yeah. And it looks very real, too, right? Right. I mean, oh, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and really fast, and there it goes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So when you mentioned virtual reality, I just want to make a, sn- a side note um, that um, if anybody's interested – um, and for those listening uh, on iTunes on the podcast, you can always go back to episode one. And I actually did a virtual reality experience at the Virtual Reality Medical Center, which is really cool. So when, um, um, so when Mark is 
talking about what that might feel like, like virtual reality is very crazy real to experience and you feel things that are happening when it's when it's going on and so um you can go back and check out it's actually episode one so you got to go all the way back three years to the beginning but you'll find it and um so really cool that that stuff can get mimicked in the movies now yeah it can yeah and i'm waiting for an entire vr movie um but uh, Ready Player One, that's uh, Steven Spielberg's movie. You know, oh. that's, that's uh, pretty darn close to what things could happen, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, what could happen with the uh, way things are going, where it's like you get in, you put the goggles on, you're in your own world, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do. Well, I have yeah. been to VR conferences or tech conferences that had VR areas, and, like, there is probably... There was just in San Diego, probably thirty labs doing all this VR stuff. So yeah. it's it's coming, you know. Yeah, it's, it is. It's becoming more and more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. So um, great. Well, the last question that I have for you is about just giving somebody um, some motivational advice if they want to get into the movies. What would you recommend for them? Like you know, person like. I almost want to say personality wise and like drive wise. Like, what would you advise them? Uh, for a director, if you think you want to be a director, you know, do it uh, because, you know, it's it's a you got to do a short or something like that and interact with actors and see the whole process because it's way, way, way harder than people think and assume that it is. I mean, there's so much involved that you got to see if, well, is this really what I want to do? You know, and if if you're if you work well with people um, then, you know, it could be for you. Um, if you want to be an actor, you know, um, it's just, you know, going to take classes, acting classes, and try to get in any kind of acting gig that you can do to develop a reel. And, um, you know, same with the visual effects artists. you got to just take whatever you can, put a reel together, and then you can show people what you can do. And that's like mm-hmm. once you've got that reel together, um, then you have – a better chance of uh, getting work, um, and that goes for pretty much anything in the entertainment industry. Uh, like a DP needs a DP reel, a uh, director. That would, that would be director of production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DP. Uh, director of photography. Yeah. <laughs> photography. Yeah. you're speaking a whole yeah. other language. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> director of photography. Yeah, they they need like a reel showing like all their angles, so the director can look at it and say, "Oh, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to work with them." And yeah, and it's just uh, some people. I know a lot of people that have really wanted to be a director and then they do it and they're like, I don't want to ever do that again, you know, so (laughs) you got to try it. Um, Just get some money together, do a short, you know, now there's ways to fund with Indiegogo and all these places where you can fund it, a crowdfund and stuff like that. Right. And there's the short, like the 48 hour film competitions and things like that where people can like join in and try things out. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And those are harder than you would think too, because it's like, yeah to do something in 48 hours is tough, you know. <laughs> and it's usually with unknown people. Like, the groups get together to make the movies yeah. just for that, right? Yeah. It's a, yeah. That's a really interesting competition. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. Well, last thing will be um, tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, so right now we're pushing everyone to Amazon, Amazon Prime, and uh, we uh, com. will have the Blu-ray soon. Uh, that's a special featured Blu-ray. Uh, has a bunch of special features like uh, commentary for me and the making of and all kinds of stuff that you won't find on the, the Amazon. Uh, 
you know, Blu-ray, but you can buy the Blu-ray there or DVD, um, and they'll mail it to you. Um, it's coming out in a bunch of other venues soon, too. But uh, and then also, if you want to go see the movie in the theater, it's playing at, in Hollywood at the uh, Arena Cine Lounge, and that's a really awesome little theater. Um, normal prices there, and they have parking right in the building. It's right by Amoeba Music, if you know Hollywood at all, on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, you can get the comic book uh, online. And if you want to follow me, it's uh, Director Mark Newton on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. All right. <laughs> Mark, I want to thank you for being with me on the hey. Coaching Through Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that was a fun interview and then an even more fun experience for me at the theater premiere and the after party. I'll have pics from the premiere on my blog at coachingthroughchaos.com on the blog page that will go along with this episode. And if you follow me on Instagram, you may have already seen some of the pictures. Be sure to check out Attack of the Southern Fried Zombies on Amazon as well as follow them on Instagram. And you can also follow Mark on Facebook at Director Mart Newton, that's N-E-W-T-O-N, or on Instagram at LA Movie Director. As for me, I want to thank you, the listener, for joining me once again on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. I want you to know that I will continue to bring you quality interviews with people with inspiring stories with a goal of helping you navigate the chaos in your life. I love this podcast, even though it had to be on the back burner of my life for a little while, but I am back. So stick with me as I hope you enjoy it even more than before. I've got some very cool and inspiring guests coming up. In the meantime, you can interact with me live every Tuesday on Facebook. I do live videos every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. I pick a topic on relationships or life and chat with you guys about it and give you hopefully a couple of good tips. So you can find me at facebook.com slash Dr. Colleen Mullen. And I hope to see you there. And I do know I just gave out a whole bunch of different social media tags, I'll put them all in the show notes so that you can find them. Before I want to go, I want to thank my friend Jason, the Angry Ginger, for helping me produce this podcast. Make sure that if you need some support from your pals, you ask for it. You never know who is around and eager to help. Be sure to check out my other podcast, Shrink to Shrink, where we psychobabble about life in the movies every month. And if you'd like to support the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, because you know, nobody's paying me to do this, you can make a donation on my Patreon page for as little as $2 a month. Any little bit can help the show grow and be produced more efficiently. But whether you donate or not, I'm going to keep doing this because I love meeting all the guests and introducing them to you. Okay. That's it for me. Until next time, I'm Dr. Colleen Mullen signing off for Coaching Through Chaos. Take care.